0: What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet. And Today is an episode 192 of the Overthinking MTG podcast, the unscripted, unedited show where we look at an individual card and talk about it for at least 10 minutes. Um, so first things first, I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who has subscribed to this podcast or is turn- tuning in on YouTube. It has been six months since I've posted the last uh, episode, and I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who's tuning in Um, to be honest, I had just burnt out on the show and, uh, the time has come where I'm going to try to bring it back again. I know it's not the first time I've done this, um, in any event, thank you so much. So today I want to talk about a specific card that has been released in, alchemy now alchemy is a new format that is digital only this is specifically for magic the gathering arena and the specific card that i want to talk about is key to the archive now key to the archive is a very specific card that is capable of doing a number of things and the reason that i want to talk about it specifically is because it would be impossible to play this card in paper and i want to Kind of take this opportunity to discuss alchemy as a whole, as well as look at the individual card. Now, Key to the Archive is a 4-mana artifact that says Key to the Archive enters the battlefield, tapped. When Key to the Archive enters the battlefield, draft a card from Key to the Archive's spellbook, then discard a card. And you can tap to add 2-mana in any combination of colors. Now, this might look familiar to some degree, with the exception of the whole spellbook thing, this looks very, very similar to Firemind's Vessel, which was an artifact from one of the recent Ravnica blocks that cost four that tapped for two mana in any combination of different colors. Now, those they had to be specifically different colors, whereas Key to the Archive can give you two of the same color, but at the end of the day, they're very similar. They're four mana mana rocks that enter the battlefield tapped and produce mana of different colors. Cool. Like it's a very effective, very useful thing. Now, what's all this spellbook nonsense that we see in here? So, when you draft a card from a spellbook, what happens is. There are cards that have specific spell books to them. Now, key to the archive, it has a spell book comprised of 15 cards that were in the Strixhaven Mystical Archive. So flavorfully, this is you entering the Mystical Archive within the Biblioplex at Strixhaven, and you get to choose a spell from amongst the spells within the Mystical Archive, to add to your hand. Um, you do have to discard a card so you do not get card advantage for this. So it is parody, um, you, that's very noteworthy, but you do get some card selection. And notably, you can discard the card that you draft from the spell book. So if you get three cards, none of which apply to the current situation, you can just pick one and chuck it in your bin, that's okay. But the other thing about Key to the Archive Spellbook is it contains some real powerhouse cards. It includes Approach of the Second Sun, um, you know, Putrefy, which is one of the lesser uh, ones. It also has time, wa- uh, time Warp in there. I almost said Time Walk. Whoa, that would be a whole other situation. But no, Time Warp is in there. Um, I believe Swords to Plowshares, a whole number of other very powerful uh, counterspell. For example, Electrolyze. Um, Lightning Helix they're all cards that are available through key to the archive now the game in digital will randomly select three of the 15 cards and you get to pick one of those three that's how the drafting works so you are drafting your selection is limited, which is very, very meaningful. But at the end of the day, you're still getting incredibly powerful cards and you do have some selection over what those are. You know, if it's turn four, when you drop this, um, oh, the other thing to note with Key to the Archives uh, cards specifically, you do not get the ability, you can spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast this spell. So if your opponent blows up the Key to the Archive, if say, for example, you're playing, well, like I do, and I'm playing this in like a Golgari deck or a Saltai deck, and i'll i want to grab d spark well d spark costs one one white one black if i don't have key to the archive available and no other uh white mana sources like treasure tokens or something like that then all of a sudden i can no longer cast the spell that's in my hand i'm sure you're wondering well once you have key to the archive on the battlefield you do have access to those mana colors and yes you do in most situations unless your opponent blows it up um, with something like a Crozen Grip that they got from their own Key to the Archives or a Containment Breach that they learned from or learned for by sacrificing an eye twitch or something of that nature. So it's not hard to deal with this card, but it is also really noteworthy that for four mana, it ramps you by two. So you can go from four mana to six mana. I mean, you can actually jump, if you hit all your land drops, from four mana to seven. I mean, this is a turn five tox roll, if you play it right. So, that... Effect of the card, it's really easy to look at this and go, wait a minute, in standard or a standard equivalent uh format like Alchemy, I can play Approach of the Second Sun. And the answer to that is yeah, there is actually a chance that you'll pull Approach of the Second Sun off Key to the Archives. And notably, this isn't a copy of a spell. This for the all intents and purposes is considered a spell card. So it actually generates a card and puts it in your hand. The reason that I specify that and stress that specifically for Approach of the Second Sun is when you cast Approach of the Second Sun, you shuffle it into your library, I believe 7th from the top, appropriately. Um, and so as a result, that happens. You shuffle your library and put Approach of the Second Sun in 7th from the top. You will draw that copy of Approach of the Second Sun that you drafted off of Key to the Archive. So it is... It is a card. You're generating a card. Also, it will exist. The other cards, for example, will exist in your graveyard. So you can use things like a free flame painter or Mizzix mastery to pull them out of your graveyard again. So if you grab a time warp, for example, you can cast time warp and then Mizzix mastery back your time warp and call it a day. Like, That's possible and that's huge. Um, I've also won games of standard alchemy by hitting time warp off this thing. It's possible. It's very powerful. So Key to the Archive is an incredibly powerful digital only card that only exists in alchemy. Now, one question that gets bandied around a lot is how do we feel about alchemy as a community? Um, uh, there are a lot of negative criticisms that are fair about alchemy because now all of a sudden uh, Wizards has a digital-only version of Standard where they can modify and tweak cards that are problematic without banning them. By not banning them, they do not have to, or they can justify to some degree, um, not refunding wild cards, even when they nerf a card to the point where it's unplayable. Other card games like Eternal and I believe Hearthstone have a program where when you nerf a card or when they nerf a card, you have a week or a month or something like that where you can actually trade that card in for dust or shift stone in the case of Eternal where you can basically choose to liquidate those cards and turn them into something else. The equivalent would be if Wizards allowed us to remove those cards from our collection and give us wild cards in their place. That would be the equivalent. Now, in reality, I'd rather just get the wild cards and hang on to the nerfed cards, because who knows? They might be playable in another archetype or another shell. And I'm personally of the opinion, I'm in, I'm in the boat where, as a content creator, I can justify spending a lot of money and fleshing out a very large collection. Um, and that's what I do, because I try to brew jank decks on, live on stream. I need to have access to these cards if I'm going to do that successfully. Um, also, twitch.tv slash hamhocks42, you can join in the fun and suggest all kinds of fun random... Uh, cards that we can add to these decks anyway plug over um i'm in a position where i can justify spending a lot of money and a lot of time fleshing out my collection on the client a lot of other people do not want to spend a hundred dollars every time a new set drops i can't blame them that's a lot of money and wizards is kind of demanding it and in the interesting case with alchemy a set dropped with like a week's notice and i have spent a hundred dollars and i have about half of it Um, so to give you an idea of how expensive this hobby really is, my goodness, it's, it is, it's expensive. There's no way around it, especially in a format or a supplemental product like this where you can't draft it. So those concerns are valid. I understand people's frustration about that and I'm frustrated too. I wish there was a better solution and a better way that we could, um, I wish the economy was more forgiving. Let me put it that way, because right now it is awfully predatory, and that stinks. I love Wizards of the Coast. I love Magic of the, Magic: The Gathering. There are glaring issues, and Alchemy really pulls those to the forefront, and really makes them worse. Um, and that's something that we need to talk about, uh, because if not, and we continue to spend money, like I'm, you know, I'm continuing to spend money on this game. We're only going to exacerbate the problem. We're only going to encourage this type of behavior. Uh, And as long as I'm trying to make content on this thing, I'm going to continue to spend the money and I'm not happy about it. Um, And maybe I should vote with my wallet and go somewhere else and do something else. But I don't know. Uh, I guess that's that's a conundrum for me to consider. But in any event, alchemy. How do we feel about the gameplay experience? Let's take the economics aside. I find the gameplay within alchemy so far now it's only day two as of this recording of when alchemy has launched and admittedly, I've had to work and I've had other obligations show up so I've only been able to play a little bit. Um, Also, actually on stream today, it was a um, I actually did an event called fight me Friday where I got to do viewer challenges and so we didn't brew around the new cards as much as we would have otherwise. So my exposure to alchemy is still relatively minor at this point however i will say i've played about a dozen games of alchemy maybe a little bit more than that um with a couple of different brews where i've leaned into some of the digital only cards including key to the archive and the gameplay is interesting it's definitely different but not as different as i expected it still feels like magic and at the end of the day these digital only cards are not extensive enough to carry the format. So we're still seeing a lot of standard staples, some of which have that have been nerfed, such as Luminarch Aspirant and Goldspan Dragon are still around and still kicking. Um, And Auron's Epiphany for that matter. Some of these cards are still around and still viable and still very much a part of the format. But what I've found is there are a handful of these digital only cards that are starting to kind of shake things up a little bit. But really, at the end of the day, the gameplay feels almost identical to standard so far. Now, hopefully that will change over time. And alchemy is in a situation. The structure of alchemy is beautifully done because it allows for constant changes. Right now, I find myself in about half my games going up against somebody who either reanimates or ramps up to Hallbreaker Horror. And the Hullbreaker Horror hits the field, and I can't do anything for the rest of the game because Hullbreaker Horror is a busted card they should should never have printed, in my opinion. Um, And, I mean, if you enjoy Hullbreaker Horror, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the card. Um, I need to stress that enough. Uh, I cannot stress that enough. But at the end of the day, they didn't nerf Hullbreaker Horror. And so now, instead of ramping up to a Galvanic Alrin situation, people are just ramping up to Hullbreaker Horror and just winning that way. Guess what? The play pattern's the same. It just it results in them ramping up to a seven mana spell that I can't deal with, and it just results in them winning the game. Now, is that fun? No, <laughs> it's not. I'm not enjoying it at all. Um, and to be honest, that wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for cards like Memory Deluge, uh, Expressive Iteration, and Divide by Zero, and Fading Hope, for that matter, that slow the game down enough in the early game so they can hit those land drops and hit the seven drops, and draw the cards necessary to set that turn up now should all of those cards get nerfed no that's probably an extreme reaction should hullbreaker horror be nerfed i don't know maybe my point being i'm glad i'm not the one responsible for these nerfs because to be honest i'd be pretty reactionary and hot-headed and it wouldn't be a good thing for the game but i am nervous for the people who are in charge of these nerfs because right now they've taken a very conservative approach they took a card like Luminarch Aspirant, and instead of putting the counter on it in combat, they put, it puts the counter on it at the end step. It's still a 1-1 one, one for 2 that puts a plus-one, plus-one counter on a creature you control every single turn. It's still very, very good. It's not as good, admittedly, because it is one power behind where it used to be each combat, which, in some people's opinion, makes the card completely unplayable. I think that might be a bit extreme. I feel like the card went from being amazing to being okay, like I'm not saying it's even good still but it's still an okay card if you're playing like Selesnya humans it's still a good human if you're playing white weenies it's still a good white weenie it just isn't as good as it used to be and that's a very conservative tweak I think now there are you know, there are other cards like Goldspan Dragon where the only modification that they made to it was that it doesn't create the treasure when it's targeted anymore. It still creates the treasure upon attack. It's still a 4-4 flyer with haste for 5 that refunds you with the turn it comes into play. It just doesn't protect itself from targeted removal the way it used to. Okay, that is a notable nerf, but the card is still awesome. Like, It's still a great, very powerful, still pretty darn pushed card. Just because they pushed it to 11 and they're dialing it back to 10 doesn't mean the card isn't good still. So, we've seen a conservative hand with the tweaks so far. And to be honest, there's a part of me that hopes that continues, but there's also a part of me that hopes some of the other cards get really ratcheted down or up in one way or another like I want to see this thing get shaken up because standard gets boring it does it gets repetitive and it just does by virtue of being standard like things rotate out the card pool is small and as a result people gravitate to the top two or three best decks also notably the other comment that I made earlier about the arena economy If the arena economy was more generous with the players, deck diversity would be higher. That is really important to note. If people could afford the cards reasonably or free to play players could reasonably acquire these cards, they would be able to brew different decks and play different styles of deck. So that's really important to keep in mind and that could solve multiple problems at once exactly the way to go about doing that? I don't know, I'm glad I'm not the one making the call. But we have multiple problems and Alchemy really shines a magnifying glass on those problems. And that's something that I find fascinating about this format. It had an opportunity to be the golden child that saves the day and you know, Wizards executives would be carried out on our shoulders for executing what could be the greatest thing that Arena has ever seen. Instead, I have seen members of my community saying they're quitting the game because it is now broken beyond belief and they don't want to play anymore. And that hurts. I hate to see that. But I also can't blame them. So it's a tricky situation. Alchemy is a weird game mode. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to kind of get on record with my thoughts. And if this was a little disjointed, I'm sorry, but this is an unscripted, unedited show. And... I guess that is what it is because right now my thoughts are very disjointed and disorganized when it comes to alchemy. I struggle with whether or not this is good for the game. I I genuinely don't know. Time will tell. I believe the bottom line is if Wizards does a good job of curating the format and creating a positive environment where people can have fun, enjoyable, diverse gameplay, Alchemy will be great for Magic Online. If they can't do that, or if they fail to do that, then I think it is going to go down as a drastic failure that exemplified a lot of the issues that they have systemically programmed into the arena economy and the way that arena is built. So I guess time will tell, um, but it's going to be one or the other. It's going to be either the best or worst thing that's happened to arena to date. And let's let's see what happens. So, thank you so much for tuning in. Like I mentioned in the middle there, I do stream on Twitch, Twitch.tv/hamhocks42. Um, also, if you enjoyed this video, please don't. If, if you're watching on YouTube and you enjoyed the video, please don't hesitate to like, comment, and subscribe. It really makes a huge difference. If you are listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you, uh, and please come check out the YouTube and the Twitch channel. They all help support just me doing what I'm doing. Um, and the biggest thing that the biggest thing you can do is just tune in and be a part of this community. Thank you. I'll catch you next time.